Well, hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man mo- voted most likely to bowl himself, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. <laughs> Next up, the man voted most likely to grab a, pro- grab a compass, print out a map, and run through the bushland of the central coalfields. <laughs> welcome, Ross. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. I'd just like to say it's uh, good to be the clean-shaven one amongst uh, three beards. <laughs> uh, next up, the man voted most likely to ruin a park cricket club. Welcome, Alex. Oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly ruined a park cricket club. Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. He's on his third. <laughs> and lastly, but certainly not leastly, the man voted most likely to spend a day watching Ian Healy highlights on YouTube. Welcome, David. <laughs> Just a day, that's, yeah, I don't know. Fucking yeah. got a whole weekend. There, I was going to say, whole, just one day. Jeez, that's, yeah, that's, Look at fucking that's a ruining clubs that watching telly for a day. Yeah, yeah, that's we an know appetizer. who's fucking favourites here. Jesus. Well, when you're the two entertaining members of the podcast, you've got to stick together in that right, Mick? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's but one you question do. for you, David. <laughs> oh. How many times have you caused your club to be taken to the league and then law, and law cases threatened? Uh, one to carry the one none yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) allegedly carry the one so welcome one and all to the frederick's frederick harold sock company i can never fucking say that this is a tight ship production and brought to you by big lug enterprises so we'll we'll kick off with some cricket news so we'll do a bit of a follow-up from our last podcast where we mentioned about there's some vacant state coaching position. So firstly, yes, we'll please. touch down in Victoria, where our podcast favourite beat out one of my personal favourites to claim Oof. the Victorian's men's coaching job. So they are, the man who's got the job is former test opener Chris Rogers, who was announced on Tuesday as the new Victorian men's cricket coach. It said Lucky. that in every report, so we're going to make sure that we classify that. So well, it's Bush Rogers. Yeah. So Rogers has a pretty impressive resume. He finished with a first-class record of 25,470 runs, <laughs> 313 up. matches, at an average of 45. Oh, that's, couldn't that's quite like, elite-level, could he? That's 1800s English first-class record. record I was number. truly shocked by like that. It's fucking a lot higher than I thought I was going to find. Does it say how many tons he's got there? It does. He has a high score of 319, which is one of his 76 centuries. That he's oh, 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 That's great. So, uh, Rogers also has a pretty uh, decent coaching resume since he retired in 2016. He's been an assistant coach in uh, county cricket at Gloucester and Somerset. <laughs> And uh, while he was the head, and he's also was the head coach of the under 19s World Cup side this year. So, how was he? Um, I didn't know yeah. That. He's got his own so, career ground too at his parents, hadn't he? Yes, he does. So, fuck, what a coach. Trath Creek. Yep. So, whilst I am disappointed that my man Hodgie missed out, um, it's pretty hard to be upset with the decision to go with Rogers. Hodgie just learned a valuable lesson about state cricket. Whilst it is the same sport as park cricket, that doesn't mean that just saying you really, 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 really want to be coached doesn't mean you'll get the job. <laughs> At least Bucky Rogers got it, not like Damien Wright or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do we think, boys? What are our thoughts on this appointment? I think, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for the rest of us, yeah. uh, you know, because that's what I do. We all love Bucky. He's a legend. And, you know, 
I know that Alex doesn't have much time for cricket coaches or <laughs> assistants in the periphery, but mm. yeah, you know, I think he'll be he'll be a good asset to the Victorian cricket team as he was when he moved over as a player. Roscoe? I agree. Oh, I think it's a good appointment. It makes a lot more sense than say parachuting in um or Maxi clinging into the renegades. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so he's actually got some experience coaching. So yeah. that's always good to have. Yeah, oh, yeah that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anything losing. brings back up in, or are you just going to monotonely say something as well? Uh, I'm <laughs> quite happy with fucking uh, <laughs> hell, Chris Rogers. No, um, I think it's a. I think he's um, I don't know, a huge amount of experience and been coached by a lot of people, a lot of different sides. He's played in a few different sides in England um, mm. ranks, so I think that'll hold him in good stead. Look, time will tell. Um, it seems like a likable enough guy that players will get around and won't just immediately be, you know, um, off their side or um, won't agree with. But so we'll see, I guess. You know, yeah. I mean, he hasn't—he's not hugely experienced coaching-wise, but he's hugely experienced playing-wise. So. Yeah. So, um, interview the interviews that he he gave. He said his main ambition is to try and get as many players involved in the national selection process and get guys up into the top team, which should be, which realistically, as much as we like bragging about winning shields, that really is the job of the state cricket coaches because um, that's how you're funding and everything kind of really gets decided from a cricket Australia level. So you want to get as many bikes involved in the top squad as you can. So um, I think it'll be good for the likes of like a Will Pekofsky and guys like that who are on the fringe are young and just kind of like starting to look at the chance to be given an Australian Guernsey or at least put into squads and that like Will has. Yes, David. Who's coaching the night games? Um, that's a really good question. I think they've got a pink ball specialist coming yep. in. Yeah, so I think I think it's I think maybe uh, Chris Lynn or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. someone who could say the Nari. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's hard to be upset with Bucky. He's a pretty um he seems like he's a pretty he's a bit of a cricket nuffy, which I think always will help in this type of a position to be one of those mm. people who's um a little bit obsessed with the sport. So now the other position that was vacant at the time as well, which we reported on was the South Australian position. And in a move that will absolutely shock fucking no one, former, <laughs> test, former test quick Jason Gillespie has been named the captain. Uh, sorry, not the captain. He, could captain. Be captain, but he, he probably could play terrible. for the fucking shit. Um, he's been named coach of the Redbacks. So um, Dizzy's pretty much seen as the next Australian coach in waiting. So it should surprise no, shouldn't surprise anyone that he would win the state job that he applied for. A solid appointment from a cricket association. Doesn't really have a history of doing so. So well done to the people in South Australia. Yes, David. Pretty strong power move by the man too to walk past your own statue at Adelaide Oval as yeah. you go into coach a game. That's um, <laughs> you know, why would you bother going to coach Queensland, for example, where your statue isn't? Go to where your statue <laughs> is. I've always said that. It's always good for uh, like just giving the team a fucking absolute ride yeah. when they've underperformed. You come out. Come out here, come out, sit down. <laughs> yeah, and then you yeah, stand in front of your statue and make everyone else sit down in front of you and then go fucking nuts. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it, Ross? You get something you'd like to add? Welcome home. 
Oh, I'm emotional. Got me. That? That got me. <laughs> Welcome home from a person who's set foot in South Australia once in his life. Final <laughs> thought. Final a thought. dozen times. Have you? Oh, I take it all back. Yeah, yeah. I had some bung fritz with you there once. That's it. And we ate Crock some and bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ate some processed Blew up an air conditioner in the caravan <laughs> park. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know all the types of snow. Snow drop and snow top. <laughs> yeah. Snow town, allegedly. Mm. We had a Clear Valley Riesling. That was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm having now. Chevap. Alrighty, so another man who was uh, had his name thrown around um, for the Victorian coaching job was Cam White. So, um, unfortunately for Cameron, he clearly missed out because Bucky got the job. But um, there's a bit of talk around the local cricketing world, um, or at least definitely on Twitter. Yes, Roscoe? Um, when he missed out on the Cricket Victoria job, they said... There's a bear not in there. Apparently <laughs> oh. took the chair as well, so he can't play in the intra-club matches. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, one of the all-time great resurrections of a joke, Mick. Uh, oh, <laughs> it was fucking just... shit, and then Mick just went, no, nah, I'll chuck it from half court. <laughs> Swish. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so with Cam White not getting the job at Victoria, he also has not been offered a contract by any of the other states because there was talk that possibly a South Australia, South Australia. or sure. a Tassie, Tassie, or, a Tassie or someone may resurrect his career, but that hasn't happened. So um, maybe I might still be on the cards, especially with um, less internationals going to be available with COVID and quarantining and all that type of stuff. So I don't think we've seen the last of him, but... The Leader, which is the local Victorian newspaper system, like your uh, kind of suburb-based newspaper system here in Melbourne, has been reporting on Facebook that a number of clubs from the Mornington Peninsula Cricket Association have reached out to the Bear. So um, there's a chance he'll be down Frangaway somewhere just belting the shit out of some poor cunt bowling off his. So that'll be... Uh, <laughs> That's, if you're the bloke, you're the bloke who plays the Frankston North ball and a bit of off spin that doesn't turn, probably skip that fucking Ooh, week, I reckon. Yeah, That's, play uh, twos, old yeah. son. Yeah. Young up-and-coming 17-year-old off, <laughs> he just put to the ones. <laughs> Hopefully there's not a creep beside your grand, because you might lose a few yeah. things, I reckon. Shit, yeah. Um, Oh, that's a good drop. Thanks, Rick. Um, so, uh, I noticed, Paul, you're drinking some red wine, mate. Yep, Ponting's Pinnacle Shiraz, McLaren Vale. This is not a sponsorship. Um, I'm not getting paid for this. I just like it. So, just be... Sorry, you go again. I was just going to say, just be careful, because if you have too much of it, um, you might, might just fall, fall, fall on, on me. <laughs> ah, on sorry, place. I ruined your joke. Because if you have too much, like yeah. the amount of tests Ponting played, which is just a little bit too much, Mm. Then you might fall over Get on your it. face and look like a dill. Yeah, don't have 168 in units of it. Is Steve yeah. Wall, just have 160. Ricky Ponner. He just gives it every Australian legend of all time. Yeah, yeah. If you but pay over 150 tests, Gin's yeah. got it in for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Shane Wall, no, play no, over 150 because no, no, I hate yeah. that cunt now. No, no, 140 no. something, Shane. Oh. Oh. No, Dan Jannison's gone over. He's 156 or something. He's I gone. like him more than I like Ponting or. Mute this prick and kick uh, him out of the WhatsApp group. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say, so anyone who's made a daddy hundred worth of test appearances, you hate. Something like that. 153, Mark Waugh's highest score. Yep. You hate him. 
Now, uh, talking about hanging shit on people who can play cricket, um, yeah. I had someone close to me say, oh, what are you talking about on the podcast this week? And I oh, said what it was going to be. And they said, oh, so you're not going <laughs> to hang shit on some bloke who's dedicated his life to cricket because he's got a haircut you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, if we couldn't do that, we would have stopped after episode two. Did you just yeah, go, uh, go No, never do that. Yeah, scratch it off. Send a, send a message to Mick, yeah. go and scrap that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that segment, mate. We're never doing that again. <laughs> uh, that's the lot. See, I thought the ponting one was if you had too many of them got to be tipsy, a big 150-kilo bouncer come around just punch your fucking yeah. head. Yeah, you had the bourbon beef steak punch on it, blokes. Yeah, after two bottles. Yeah. Next <laughs> thing, you know, a big steak hitch in the face. <laughs> you've, uh, Bull, um, you've, you've um, somehow, after taking a sip there, grown a really weird 90s goatee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am going to say, if you can afford to buy a box of these, it's quite good. Yeah. Box, you can't just get a bottle? Charts, mate. Yeah, I'm here. Nah, just you have to buy them by the box. Oh, okay. Do Sorry. you have to? Yeah. Fucking like stubby shit. holders. You've got to buy them by the box. That's it. One. We've made a lot of money out of those stubby holders. <laughs> oh, fuck it. What's it at there, mate? <laughs> Do you have to carry the I one? Carry the one. Out, I carry, yeah. carry the one. Zero. <laughs> carry the one. We've made zero dollars. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we've, we've made minus $220, I think. That's <laughs> <All right, laughs> how much we spent. Well, speaking oh. of minus $220, let's talk about the start of the Shield season. Yes, so, please. <laughs> so it was announced mm. today that the first four rounds of the Sheffield Shield will be held over a five-week period inside a hub in right. Adelaide starting in October. So New South Wales mm. and Victorian players have until September 23rd to be in the city to enter quarantine. Word is that at midnight on September the 23rd, a large dome, Simpsons movie style, will go around Adelaide and no one will be allowed in or out until round five of the Shield. So, yeah. I believe that um, they're going under very strict uh, quarantine measures. They're, um, they're staying at uh, motels in Adelaide. <laughs> and, and they'll be able to... They'll be able to interact with anyone because no one knows who a Shield cricketer is. Yeah, they'll be at the caravan park with <laughs> yeah, the busted aircon. Yeah. So, so the question interesting. Is... Sorry, yep. you go, Roscoe. Okay, so um, of course the little te- that was a little teaser, the last sentence of a very boring article that I read. <laughs> but I'm glad I read it all the way to the end because sometimes you do get some little drop of gold at the end of an article. Now, if they're coming into quarantine on the 23rd, by at the latest the 23rd of September, that's a Wednesday. 14 days, that takes us through to Wednesday the 7th of October. So maybe the first Shield game will start on Thursday the 8th of October. Okay. Which would make yeah. sense because they'd like to start Shield games on a Thursday generally. And then uh, they'd probably go a Thursday to Sunday game and then the next week they'd start Saturday through to Tuesday. That's what sort of they've done the last few years. Yeah. So those two sort of in consecutive weekends, then they'd have a weekend off and then the same Thursday to Sunday, then Saturday to Tuesday, which um, by my calculations, carry uh, one, yeah. would take mm-hmm. you through to Tuesday the 10th of November. Okay. okay. Yeah. So then I don't know what they're going to do then. I think from memory, the Afghanistan test is uh, starts on like the 20th of uh, November. So, okay. um, so that would yeah. allow people to go to quarantine for two weeks in different yeah. states if they were playing Yeah, there. possibly. Yeah. And like maybe a Australia A versus Australia in quarantine <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, yeah, in quarantine in Perth. Or yeah. Each state has slightly different rules. So, yeah, it's hard to know. So with um, this current 
um, tour that we'll touch on a little bit later of Australia in the UK, that's set to wind up on the 16th of September. So the players that have... So the players are essentially all going to have to almost all fly directly into Adelaide and start quarantining straight away, basically. Yeah, yep, yep. So, are those who aren't going to the IPL? Yeah, yep, so... Hmm, that would be yeah. interesting. Interesting. Boring yes, trend, it's all coming it? to, together mm. because then the BBL starts then on the 3rd of December. So interesting to see what they do between the, um, as I think it's the 10th of November, sorry, I might have said the 7th, the 10th of November through to the 3rd of December. Um, don't know if there might be maybe a, a block of 50 over games. Yeah, but quite possibly. Maybe, yeah, like, a, mm. you know, the what is it called now? Um, is the marsh as well? Aren't they? Yeah. Are they oh, both the marsh now? The marsh, yeah, that's it. So maybe uh, I think if anything's going to get uh, missed completely, it'll be fifty over comp though domestically. Yeah, yeah. not that yeah. interested in it. And it's but not that interesting. See. Mm. So I reckon. Mm. I reckon. Guys, what do you reckon? International cricket <laughs> in general during this COVID time has missed a trick by not hiring Mr. Ross. Colin de Gronholm Slater as their chief strategist on getting people into and out of <laughs> COVID quarantines. You seem to be on top of it, Ross. I'm giving you a compliment here. Yes. So you just you just seem to just love the dates when things start when they finish. Uh, look, I think they know how to do it. Have you been employed by the WHO recently? You haven't told us about it? Oh, Who no. Are referring to them? No. Oh, me? No, no, I haven't myself. No. no, I think they're on top of it, Alex. They, um, you know, that it, but it's, it is nice when they just throw you a little tidbit like uh, they've got to be into quarantine by the 23rd of September. You go, right, well, I can put together. If I was a full nerd, I could get out my Excel spreadsheet. I haven't done this, have. of course. No, no of course. No, no. no. Yeah, we all believe you, Ross. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't have double clicked on mm, International Crick Spreadsheet version <laughs> 2, very final version, <laughs> underscore 28th of the 8th, 2020. I haven't put all the tentative shield round dates in my phone calendar at all. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't mail merged that with a spreadsheet that's yeah. a uh, macro either. So no, I have not. Um, no, the thing that is funny though, Alex, is the, the when the report on the shield, um, you, you get so little about it that yeah. when you do get a little thing like that, I just like oh well, fourteen days. Oh, that finished. The, the next day is a Thursday. Oh, and it's the first week of October. I thought Obviously, oh, that's probably that's the first round of shield. Yeah. I did yeah. think though, perhaps they might have a three-day or something warm-up game um, rather than go bang into the first shield game. So that... Mini pre-season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it, Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After they've done a mini camp, mini quarantine camp, they might come out and do a mini pre-season um, because... That's the just five side soccer instead of the full game of soccer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, With the six teams in the shield, obviously... Um, you've got five opponents, so you could play a practice match against one and then not play them in the others, yep. you know, if that's important or not. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So then, and they used to do that a bit. They'd play like late September. They'd play like um, three-day practice matches up on the Sunshine yep. Coast and stuff. So yep. maybe it'll start a week later, which then closes up that gap potentially um, between the, the Afghanistan test that we're talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Who knows? Like, but it, you can see how it slots together, and yeah, they've yeah. got a little break there. They want at least a week lead in before the first BBL game. So, you know, that's if you had another week on, that means you know they've got like five days before. Yeah. So it's like basically the two things meet. I don't see the fifty over stuff happening, but it might. But yeah, there's a bit of an expense for 
not much gain. I'd yeah, say. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose if, if they decide they have to hub again, they could always do a 50 over hub and knock the whole yeah, competition out in about I think, three yeah. weeks. So. Yeah. And, and there reckon, isn't a World Cup anywhere near, so no, I mean, no. they're going to miss out one season. Mm. What's the effect? We lose a couple of one it, days. So. Yeah, I think they did have some agreement, though, with all the stuff that cost um, old matey's job, um, Kevin Roberts, that there were, I don't... Oh, they said no reduction in the shield and no... No cutting the shield final, I think. Yeah. Yeah, was the player's yeah, okay. point. But I don't know if the 50-everyone had anything in it. Um, makes sense they'd only play the four games beforehand because the BBL starting so much earlier this year and finishing you know, first week of Feb. So it makes sense to go four and then six in Feb, March. Yeah. Well. All righty. It's a bit of wait and see with that, I think. So we'll just have to fucking mm. see what uh, CA decide to do. But... Um, from there, we're going to talk about um, a bit of cricket news that happened in the last um, week or so, and that was Jimmy Anderson took his 600th Test wicket. So, as an as a Ali Edge made its way to Joe Root at first slip, English medium pacer Jimmy Anderson became the first non-spinner to reach 600 <laughs> Test wickets. The wicket occurred during a very rare cricket break of the fifth day of the England-Pakistan <laughs> rainstorm. So. Um, <laughs> So uh, a lot has been made of Jimmy Anderson's record, how his wickets are heavily skewed to home test and that his average away from home is far higher than his average at home. The reality is, whilst all that is true, uh, numbers don't lie and 600 wickets is a fuckload. So he's taken them. We can't really take them away from him. So for what little it does us to say it and how little he fucking cares about it, well done, Jim Anderson, on his 600 wickets. So what do we think, boys? I'll let, think, I'll let Alex and Ross go, because then I'll go. Well, I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll um, field this question. Um, <laughs> I remember us, on, and I was talking about this before the show. Do you um, remember? <laughs> I remember us talking about how he was just pretty much a Peter Siddle clone, because the stats added up exactly the same. I reckon that was about five or six years ago, both averaging around about 30 Strike rate's very similar and a similar amount of wickets to tests and stuff like that. Um, but literally since that time, Anderson's brought his average down to, what is it, like 25 or 26 now? 26.8 is what yeah, it is. Which is, mm. like, serviceable. good. It's, I think that's astonishingly good in test cricket. If you get under 30 at all, you're a good bowler, let alone under, like, you know, 26s. Um, so it's I think that's 26, sort of... Isn't it? That pretty that sort of speaks for itself, in my opinion. Um, while he, when he comes to Australia, he's been you know essentially shit. smacked, and, and it's fun. <laughs> it's fun seeing a guy who's very talented and, and just tears us apart in England. Just gets like when you get hit for twenty ninety one over by George Bailey of all yeah, people yeah. in one playing test tennis thirty love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Look, it speaks for himself. You can't say he's not a good bowler anymore, in my opinion. So, well, not anymore, but you know what I mean. With those stats. Yeah. When he got to 400, he was shit. But now he's at six and uh, I suppose. He's okay. <laughs> um, interesting. I reckon a lot of uh, English fans would have felt pretty much the same way about Glenn McGrath. He wasn't quite... He was medium pace, like 128, 135. I know people say, oh, no, back in the day. Yeah, whatever. You never you know. It's, he didn't have speed cameras, so, you know, maybe Pete Bloke sitting on the side of the fence knew Alex. Oh, yeah, because there was a lot of first-class cricket. Oh, yeah. Had to be side on, though. 
Uh, so yeah, I could tell he was pushing 149. Yeah. And um, the, the, only other, the only thing that um, English would have had Glimmergrad too, because he played to 37, he played 145 tests. And, and it was good. Like, yeah, will this bloke ever retire? And the only time we got any luck was when he trod on that ball at, was it Edgebaston? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had to and, play um, Sean Tate. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, we've had no luck um, except for Jimmy Anderson broke down in the last Ashes, didn't he? Yep. Mm. Yes. So finally, the wheel turned for us. But um, yeah, amazing, phenomenal effort. Shao Bakhtar summed it up well with most backhanded compliments. Calling a great effort for a medium pace. Yeah. <laughs> you have more wickets than me, but I bowl faster than you. Chief. I was going to say, it seems, yeah. it seems like the slower you bowl, the more wickets you get. Yeah. Yeah. Be a spinner. Um, I will preface this by saying that James Anderson is an incredible cricketer. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> and one of the all-time great bowlers in the history of Test cricket. However, <laughs> if you've got a shit haircut, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that that. <laughs> if English listeners, you want to compare him to the great GD McGrath, and you know some have been want to do that, and fair enough because you know he's your shining beacon on a hill. And we've got 75 hills. But <laughs> if, if you want to compare the great man to the greatest man, it's interesting just going through some stats in relation to the two. So I'll read out James Anderson's first. Okay. Home test matches has taken 384 wickets with 22 fifers and three 10-wicket hauls at an average of 23. Strike rate of 50, economy rate of 2.85. Pretty hard to argue with any of those numbers. A little expensive. Yeah, I was a little just expensive. about to say that. that I was like, it's 2.85. Shut up, Alex. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I agree with think you, Mick. It's not 2.84, but is it? Nah, <laughs> true. But in Jimmy Anderson's favour there, Test cricket has regularly gone at four runs and over yeah, in his time. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, yeah. so 2.85 is fucking phenomenal. Hmm. Away from home, Jimmy, which is what they talk about when they talk about Jim. 216 wickets, mm-hmm. seven fifers, zero tenfers, at an average of 32 with a strike rate of 66. So 10 runs more expensive per wicket yep. and takes him, what's that, 11 overs extra to get a wicket. But his economy is still good, 2.87. Anyway, so... His away record is far worse than his home record. We can all agree on that. Yeah. The great J.D. McGrath, home, 289 wickets, 11 fifers. So they've got the same amount of fifers and the same amount of tenfers, which is 29 fifers, three tenfers. So exactly the same. 11 of those at home for Glenn McGrath, two 10-wicket hauls at home, with an average of 22.43 and a strike rate of 54. Economy of 2.46. Away They're from 2. home. 4, 4, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Away from home, Glenn McGrath. 274 wickets, so pretty much the same amount. 18 fifers away from home Fuck. compared to his 11 at home. 110 away from home. His average in overseas test matches is 20.81. And his strike hell. rate... Remembering that his strike rate at home was 54.7. His strike rate away from home is 48.97. 40s. Jesus. With an economy of 2.5. Good. So, 
if you're going to put him amongst the pantheon of the greats, you've got to put it in context. That is a hard record to beat by any stretch, Glenn McGrath. Um, and the fact that Jimmy is somewhat even close to it and in the same conversation, I think is a credit to James. So well done, Jimbo. Yep, I think so. So that seems to be the been the sentiment across all cricket. Everyone, anyone Australian has trotted out that information. David has trotted <laughs> yeah. out. And anyone who's English has tried to, and anyone who's English said it doesn't matter. Fuck, he's a gun, no. though. Fuck, he, oh, how many good, times does yeah. he just rip through us? Oh, no. Fuck, fuck Stu Broad. Like, he's a good player. He's just a fuckwit. Like, the, I, just, uh, I hate him because he's good. The same mm. with Stuart Broad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why you hate him. The one thing that pops up on Facebook a lot is a video of Mitchell Johnson mouthing oh, off to yeah. the Anderson in Australia <laughs> saying, you're, yeah. just, you're just pissed off you're not getting well, you're the effort wickets. You're talking now because you're get, not yeah. getting any yeah. wickets there. Because it pulls a Yorker ball, and knocks yeah. fucking stumps everywhere and turns around and just shushes him. I'm just yeah. like, God, it makes me angry. <laughs> I'm going to say that was a tail ender in that clip though. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great response. Well done. But still. Yeah. But fuck, he's a gun. And every time the Ashes is over in England and you, mm. you fucking, you're up at 4am trying to watch it or yeah. whatever time we have to watch it and you just go, fuck, it looks a bit drizzly. It looks a yeah. bit yeah. Overcast. Fuck, yeah, we're going to make 60 here. Yeah. yeah. You just fingers crossed, get through Broad and Anderson. Let's see. Yeah, how we yeah. Go. Let's see. Just hope Chris <laughs> Rogers is good enough to wear a few on the body. <laughs> <laughs> Kick a few to fight legs. Yeah, and then we end up in Chris Wokes or Ryan Sidebottom that we can fuck with. I saw Graham Onions take two wickets in two balls, the first two balls of a day's play. Oh, Those was Mike Hussey. Oh, really? Mike Hussey. He he was the, um, I think, Watto was first ball, and the next ball, Mike Hussey came out and got cleaned up first ball. Jesus, bloody hell. Straight to the bath. We Mm. do denigrate his ability to play cricket because he is good and we hate him. But Mm. sensational bowler and Mm. and thoroughly deserves to be up there amongst the greats of the game. Just the numbers. It doesn't matter if you average 35, to be honest. You take 600. Yeah, you could average 45 if you've taken 600. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you obviously you get in a game because you're good enough. And yeah, six hundred. It's just crazy. Play over, uh, play over, even over. Usually, fast bowlers they have a bit of a lifespan of about seventy odd tests. Mm. But to play one hundred and fifty, that's two careers basically. Yeah, and yeah. he would have played a lot more too, really. Given he's had some sort of soft tissue injuries yeah, in the recent years, so yeah, he only didn't, recently. Already. He he had a bit of a. He started. I think his debut he might have been twenty or twenty one or something. Mm. He had about two or three years, and then you know came back in about a twenty five year old maybe or twenty four yep. year old yep. or something. Yeah, so you know, but he's not uncommon for Test cricketers. But um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Gun, absolute gun. Yep. Yeah, it does, like, um, we are talking about a bit before the show, it does raise the question, like, speaking of players and injuries, like, just you wonder what would happen if Dale Stane could have played, like, mm. could have not missed a chunk he's missed, because he's played, like, 93 tests and has 493 wickets at the moment. Yeah, so fucking good in it. Like, yeah. if he somehow could have stayed fit and gotten himself in the 120 test I kind think- of... Arena, mm. it'd be amazing yeah. to see what Shane Watson too, have. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Watson stayed. Imagine first, a, Shane Watson yeah. from his first test, he never got injured. Doug Bollinger is probably one that we should probably think about at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> if he just kept going, I think we 
saying to me, Mick, is a phenomenal one that he played 93 because he is an out-and-out fast bowl. Yeah. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Anderson, Glenn McGrath. Swing bowler. That's, that's yeah. how fast they bowl. Yeah. Yeah. They run up and, you know, you, 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 Brett Lee. Works for them, McGrath. obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're completely different. Brett Lee, massive, lots of injuries. Glenn McGrath, mine, way less. Same with James Anderson. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's why they can play 140-odd, 150-odd tests. And, yeah, folks like Brett Lee and... Mitchell Johnson only played 58 or something. Yeah, yeah. Let me check. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, about 70 is that number that um, a lot of the fast bowlers get to. Yeah, you talking out and out fast bowlers, you think? Yes. Yeah, not, not yeah, um, okay. Glenn McGrath, 145 or something. Yeah, like yeah. Like is it something like that. Outlier well, that was actually Jimmy. Shane Warren, 145. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, all righty. So um, from there, we'll move over to a bit of local cricket news. So, Roscoe, you've got some uh, local cricket information you'd like to share with us? I do. It's all happening in the Bendigo District Cricket Association. Right. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. So the first bit of news was that two-day games are scrapped for the 2020-2021 season. So the That's season fast, coming up. Say so yeah. that fast. <laughs> yeah, 2020, 2021 <laughs> season. <laughs> cricket. It's the summer of cricket. Yep. Um, so what the, there's te- it's a 10-team uh, comp. So it's a turf comp, and they're going to play home, full home and away, 18-game, um, one-day um, yep. competition. They're uh, looking at a start date of October 31, which I think is perhaps ambitious, but um, is also a bit realistic. They still yeah. get to, Alex, determine um, exactly how many overs they'll play because normally they play um, 45 over one day. 45? I may have 47 overs. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a little bit better because, you know, you don't want to go the full 50, but you no, want to be as close no. to 40, 50. 40 well, 46 a and a half. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, have one like under 17 ski can bowl half an hour. Your keeper has to bowl the half. <laughs> yeah, the keeper has to time. bowl the last yeah. three balls of the innings. <laughs> so if you still need twenty with four balls to go, you're in with the show because you got the keeper bowling the last keeper's three nurries. Block it out, keeper's <laughs> coming. In nine down, just, just wait for the keeper. <laughs> that makes the games go to seven thirty at night because the keeper's <laughs> got to take his pads off, his gloves, and shit, give it to someone. Got to convince someone else to fucking keep for three. Yeah. three <laughs> the other interesting thing, Alex, that you like about this is they haven't just set on the number of overs they're going to play and they haven't also set on start times for games yet. I'm thinking they should go with one o'clock every game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably just... Yeah. yeah that, why would you... No, 118. 118. Well, you see, because they're not starting until the 31st of October, it takes out that old, oh, in non-daylight savings uh, time. <laughs> And then, yeah, as a as a captain, a former captain for one season at least of fucking local spud spew grade cricket, no one remembers it's twelve thirty. No one remembers it's fucking one o'clock, and you're just yeah, there yeah, sitting there with three people with the game, ten minutes yeah. to go till it starts. Yeah, Call it's them. so dumb. Yes. I know that uh, the local cricket association near you put out a big announcement recently that. All games, at afternoon games, are all going to start at 1 o'clock, no matter what yes. format they are or yes. what's going on. One it's fifteen or one thirty was like a start no. time for one day or something. Well, fucking hell. Like, do you always want to finish at 6.30? Why don't we just like, man, yeah, let's man. finish at 5 or something, you know? Mix it up. Let's finish a no. game of cricket before 6.30. Like, 
with, you know, it's an Australian, it's not just an Australian thing, but Saturday afternoon is time for sport. And when does the afternoon start? To me, it's, I know it starts at 12.01 yeah, PM yeah. or whatever, but one o'clock. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's had lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's when the afternoon starts. Go anyway. around to Nana's or Nonna's, Mick. <laughs> uh, have your roast or... Uh, you often have a roast before cricket on a Saturday. Well, a if you have to, if you have to, because your nana wants you to come over, you'll do it. Yeah. You know, if your nana says things. come over for a roast, yeah, that, um, or seven hundred side dishes followed by pasta, Mick, you you do it. You don't say no. Yeah, one of the other things was that uh, this is going way back. Um, businesses that open on Saturdays and it's more a country thing is we open Saturday mornings and close at 12 or 1230 uh, yeah. or, or sometimes one o'clock. So then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of when, trade uh, businesses still do that, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trade yeah. Is nine to 12 on a Saturday yeah. or nine to one. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. So, um, just, it all fits yeah. together. If you do that. Now the second bit of more excited than that. Is, oh, well, they're not going to make the diff. I know they're not, they're definite. <laughs> well, you know, who's most excited about that news? Club secretaries, because they will not have to order a single red cricket ball for the entire season because they use coloured clothing and a white ball. Uh, yeah. so white white ball's more expensive. Are they? Are they? Treasurers would be upset. Racist. Yeah, Henstock had opinions on the white balls that cricket, uh, cricket in Australia produce, so we'll talk about that later. Will we? Got a nice. Funny, yes. funny Will feeling we? that actually for in... about five seconds, Mick. Don't worry. <laughs> is this this going to be like a TMZ thing? There'll be more throws and talk build up to it, and then you will over the partition. Like, hey, we're going, we've got a new yeah. style where we just keep building up. <laughs> we keep that. building up yeah, things yeah. and not saying anything. Yeah. Has anyone spoken about Kim Kardashian yet? <laughs> <laughs> the worst show on TV. When the first time I saw that, which was years ago, I thought. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like four blokes doing a shitty podcast about cricket, but worse. <laughs> it's about celebrities. <laughs> and they don't actually say anything. It's coming up, coming up. <laughs> uh, so actually, I think, sorry, I said white ball, because I think they actually use an orange nari in um, one day games in Bendigo. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Orange nari jippers. All right. Uh, the other news was that at the moment, there's no plans to do a T20 season either, which is uh, usually a Tuesday night or Brilliant. Sunday afternoon. Thank stage. fuck oh, for that. Like, so, yeah, Jesus. Don't make a fan of that. that? Yeah. Nah, fucking Tuesday T20 sucks. Breaking okay. land speed records in your car after work to get to a game, to yeah. get carted into the stands for four overs. Is Let me tell fun. you, T20 is strictly for list A um, clubs. That's yeah. it. It shouldn't be played at international level and it shouldn't be played um, at fucking local level. Uh, yeah, yeah. You sort of get short change for your um, time spent, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing was the T20 season in Bendigo for years was Tuesday nights and then just last season, was it the last two seasons maybe, or just the last season, it moved to mainly Sunday um, double headers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah. Um, which was um, interesting. I'm surprised in Melbourne that that has never really caught on as if you have to do it, that would probably yeah. be a better way. Two people o'clock get, Sunday. Yeah. People get pissed on Sundays. The Sunday sesh. Yes. It's famous. Uh, yes, Alex. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, um, women's cricket's often played on a Sunday oh, for that some oddly reason. Yeah. And um, a suggestion in the local league that I played in last year, the T20s are on 
a Tuesday. It seems to be a standard thing. Tuesday. Mm. Instead of going to training, you go and play your T20 somewhere. Mm. Um, but he was a person, uh, Ash, who was a cricketer and a well-known to this podcast, suggested that they should play either before or after the women's match, probably mm. before you play the men's T20. Uh, instead of on a Tuesday, and then you get, you know, the whole club comes down to the yeah. women's match, which, you know, normally, which is a, not a good thing, but the women's sort of stuff gets, you know, not too many of the, men's, the mm. men's side of the club come down and watch it, generally speaking. So to yeah. force people to come down and make a spectacle of the T20s, which women's are T20s also, um, is a good, I think that was a great idea. I don't know why oh, think, don't do that mm. sort of thing more often. Yeah, it's very Thursday. ecumenical of you, Alex, to suggest that. Mm. Yes, David. I think the issue you find, especially where we're based, Alex, is that it's um, the the women's competitions played over two competitions. So, the GCA, which is a turf comp, and the Ballerine, which is the synthetic comp. So, it's going to be hard to potentially get the T20 comp from the GCA before the women's comp if they're playing somewhere else on syntho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. then you could just yeah. play Torquay's got a Torquay home game and they're playing yeah, exactly the T20. Right. They yeah. play then. Yeah. So oh, you, you, you call up St. Peter's yeah. or whatever and go, can you play on the Sunday suite? Bang. You just you just rely on fat blokes in high vis to sort it out between two oh, comps. Oh, forgot know, about man. that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it will be difficult if you've got that attitude, David. Hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. How dare I? I am scum. <laughs> I think I think the way to fix T20 Park cricket is you have a breathalyzer at the ground, and if you don't blow at least 0.05, you're not allowed to play. Yeah, fair enough. So fair enough. Hammered, bring on the kiddies. Yeah, you got to bring, bring on the kiddies. You got to come on a bus or a yeah. train. Bring your kit bag on the train, drag along the street. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, I got a T20 game, so I'm straight lighting. Oh, right, oh. In you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other big news. In Bendigo cricket. Oh, there's now, more. Uh, there's, but wait, but wait. There's no more. No wonder you got a whole segment. <laughs> um, there's a, a club that's been kicking around for a while in the Sintho um, competition oh, in Bendigo. Scum. Yeah, scum. Yeah, play on a real surface, you scum. <laughs> yeah, concrete gypsies. Now, they're. Um, so the Bendigo Turf Competition is called the Bendigo District Cricket Association, perfectly suitable name for a cricket yep. competition. Yep. And then you've got the um, the Sinto competition is called Emu Valley Cricket Association. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Of course it is. In <laughs> tradition of, be, really. in tradition yeah. of Sinto, Box Hill reporter, mm. Jica. <laughs> yeah. Emu Valley. Now, I've lived in Bendigo for a long time and I've never seen nor heard of reports of emus in the Bendigo area other than in the 90s when a few people had emu farms and went bust on Ah, uh, yes. So I don't know where the name Emu Valley comes from. It's not a Bendigo name. It's not like they called it the Sandhurst District Cricket Association. Or something. I go, oh, yeah, fair enough. I get where that comes from. But Emu Valley. There you go. This is a, we're focused very heavily on local at the minute. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating insight into Central is Victoria. It? Yes. Now, what one of the clubs in this Sinto competition have gone and done is moved to a ground that has a turf wicket done. in it. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, 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 so no. there was an unused turf Heresy. wicket ground. Uh, it's a well, it's an interesting setup they've done in Bendigo, and I know a bloke who works on the council, and oh. it's a very clever idea. They've combined oh, what, you know? a, a couple of sporting clubs with a new school that was being built. So the uh, school oval okay. is is um, community use as well, and uh-huh. it's up to the right standards for that. Is it a public or a private school, Russ? Heresy. It's a, it's a Catholic school. Oh. Yes. 
Let's not so yes, no, that's it's an interesting point because um, it, it's perhaps not the sort of, if it was a government school, you'd go, oh yeah, of course, government school and community assets. So this is yeah, an interesting yeah. partnership that they've come up with, but it's in a new suburb of Bendigo. And so the main oval for that suburb is at, is on the school grounds, but it's a shared facility with a football club yeah. and a cricket club. Oh, Are they yeah. going to be an old boys football and cricket club? No, well, they're called Maiden Gully Marist, and Marist is an old oh, school. So they're not but the they, what Jesus do cricket club. No, no. <laughs> the Mary Magdalene. <laughs> the Maiden Gully Mary Magdalene Marist Cricket Club. Colts Cricket Club. Colts. <laughs> I'm the ghosts, the Holy Ghosts. <laughs> Just talk, David. For those wondering, our English listeners, where Bendigo might be, it's where you were forced to do six months of farm work for your working visa. So um, <laughs> last, last time you were out here on a working visa, Bendigo is where you were forced working to do Working holiday visa. visa. <laughs> yeah. So you would have gone pig farm. If you got visa. lucky, let's yeah, just say yeah. that. If you're yeah. unlucky, you went you to Mildura or Naya West. West. <laughs> <laughs> so... The uh, Holy Trinity Cricket Club are playing there at um, Maiden Gully Marist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they moved off a, there might have been some shitty synth to this community slash school facility mm-hmm. um, that has turf wicket. And so they wanted to remain in the Emu Valley uh, Cricket Association as the only turf club. Right. Mm. That is as they, say, mm. as they say in Russia, yet. They said yet. <laughs> they did say yet. They said it, in fact, three times. Yet, yet, yet. No, no. Hey, hey. You can't keep playing in Emu Valley. They said. Oh. And you know they're emus, so they're never going to back down. That's so it. They can't take a backward step. So once they've made their commitment to saying that's no, it. they weren't going to. Like a kangaroo. Watch on the coat of arms, boys. Got on me helmet when I play cricket for Australia. <laughs> They've only been in one war, the emus, and they won it. So, you know. <laughs> the great emu war of 1933. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, took on a couple of Lewis guns and beat them. Yeah, hands down. All right, weight of numbers, I think it was. Okay. Now, interesting development then. So, we'll there's not that. many. There's not many cricket comps around Bendigo that you can go to. There's the turf comp. There's mm. the emu valley, and the emu valley is huge. And then there's a couple of shitty little little ones that have like six clubs and they play like, uh, you know, 12 one-day games for the whole season. Yeah. No, no place you can go to get a good game, decent game of cricket. So <laughs> they've gone and left the Emu Valley and joined Sounds the like Castlemaine District <laughs> Cricket Competition, yeah. which, which has been over the last away, five, no, it's about 35 minutes drive away, not too far. Um, but for about the last five years has been decreasing in size because right. have, it's been pretty shitty and the sort of clubs have left to go to the seven division Gisborne District Cricket Association. Mm-hmm. So how come yeah. they didn't join the Bendigo District Cricket Association? Well, they they well, they tried to uh, link in with... a lot of information on this. Oh, it's been an it. interesting thing. I, I bought a, uh, yes. That's our podcast. 
I click on the Bendigo Advertiser website and I look at the articles about the community and I don't want to read them. I click don't on the football break the fourth stuff. Wall. I click on the football stuff and it's like, yeah, oh, whatever. It's all about money. Bernie Haberman. Yeah, Bernie Haberman been up to this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Has Bernie been interviewed this week or is it next week? He's usually interviewed again, that sort of stuff. And the, the cricket stuff is actually interesting because it's not about money. Anyway. Um, they they I, they were in some, and this is a little while ago, they're in some sort of looking at developing some sort of partnership with Sandhurst Cricket Club who play on turf, but are probably oh, yes. one of the clubs I think who struggle a bit for numbers. And they're going to have a partnership where I think the firsts would play Sandhurst, uh, Bendigo District 1s, and then the seconds might play on turf out at Marist, but then the yeah. thirds would be like the second 11 for cent, you know, like an integrated yeah, yeah. two clubs yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. setup, which never seemed to work. So, probably best they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, did, it didn't come about. Um, and I, I don't know that they think they're ready yet. I think their aim is to join the Benigo District Cricket Association, but that would make 11 teams, which is a bit awkward. Yeah. And I think they're probably not quite ready to make that jump yet. They need to play a few seasons on turf before they join the top level turf comp. Okay. That makes sense. So they found the Casamain District competition, which is probably the nearest turf comp, and it's a mixed turf syntho comp. So yeah. they'll feel right at home because they're an old syntho club and they're uh, a new turf club. So like they'll a play waiting about, period. Yeah, they play about yeah. half their games on turf and half on syntho. Because I, I, I picture them all the first time they get out of training, they can't walk in their stops properly and stuff like uh, that. They're like, oh, they're falling over. Ooh, can't keep me balanced. These weird stops. Yeah, until they issue. get their sea legs, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, until they get their turf legs. Yeah, Alrighty. Yeah. yeah, well this this one it'll comps like that. It's a mix of yeah. um synth yeah. and turf and it yeah, seems to work well one. enough. The big clubs are still yeah. turf club, but there is some synth club in there. So. Yeah. Now mm. other thing, Mick, just before you cut me off, which yep. is fair enough, because which I was about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, the, the Benigo District Cricket Association have um, first, seconds, thirds, maybe, and an under-18 comp as well. But not all clubs have an under-18 team. So Maiden Gully Marist have come in and they're going to replace one of the clubs that doesn't have an under-18. Okay. They're going to take that empty slot in the fixture list. So they're going to be into the Bendigo District on-turf under-18 competition. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping yeah. stone scenario. That's a start, yeah. so that's a good Yeah, mm. yep. Seems like a uh, decent way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Smart I definitely, way of managing yeah, the club oh, into definitely. a different... When I read it, I was like, geez, that sounds unusual, but clever, like they've thought it through. Yeah. The Castlemaine District Cricket Station is really the only option, and good on them for saying, yeah, we'll drive 40 minutes each week for a game, or <laughs> every second week. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I think they'll go well at it too. I don't think they'll long, last long in the, that yeah. comp. It's pretty yeah, weak. Okay. I think they'll yeah, move through that and stepping stone into Bendigo District. But I guess the only challenge there is that um, they might not want 11 teams, but maybe yeah. they'll get a merger or take over a club or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, time do. will tell, I think. We'll keep an eye on that one for everyone out there interested. Mm. Like hey, you only know oh, get back to me about yeah. three years' time and I'll yeah. let you know how they've gone. Fuck. Yeah. You'll yeah. fucking remember that too. Absolutely. All righty. So, uh, 200, I'll give you an update. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So, from the um, excitement of what's going on in the Bendigo cricket, we're going to head over to Southampton and check in on some international cricket. 
So um, we're going to start off with the second nah. test, which was played at the Ages Bowl in Southampton <laughs> between England and Pakistan. So as mentioned by Alex on the last podcast, um, this yeah. test saw the return. Wasn't allowed to mention it. Yeah, this test saw the return of forward alarm into the Pakistan test side after over a decade on the sidelines, sidelines even. So yeah. Farwa, so Farwa had scored a century on debut against Sri Lanka, who hasn't, uh, in July of 2009. Um, he was dropped two tests later, playing his last test against New Zealand almost 11 years ago. So uh, so he was big in for Pakistan. Jofra was also also invented getting dropped as he as he made way for Sam Curran. Somehow. That makes no sense to me. Hopefully the yeah, hopefully the train was COVID free as Sam made his way to the ground. Um, <laughs> and England also Tickets, saw please. the also saw the introduction of radical Zach Crowley to replace Ben Stokes, <laughs> who as we reported on the last podcast was heading home to be with his family in New Zealand. So the idea behind Joffrey getting dropped was with no Stokes. They needed to strengthen their batting. So they brought in Curran, who's an all-rounder, and Crowley, who's a bat. So Curran as an all-rounder effectively replaced Stokes, and Crowley as a bat effectively replaced um, Archer, which I don't know. It is what it is. So um, Pakistan won the toss and elected bat. So long story short, Pakistan made 236 with Mohammad Rizwan top scoring the 72. Uh, with over a decade on the sidelines, Farwood Alam capped his test return with a four-ball duck. So, <laughs> and Alex um, walked was, away from yeah. that after he tried to get you on to put that on the last podcast, yeah, and he just left. <laughs> he just walked fucking What an off. idiot. So thanks, Farwood. That was well worth the 10 years <laughs> to, watch, to watch that 10 minutes. Of I'm back, baby. Think it up. Um, so Stu Broad picked up four for 56, and Jimmy, Jimmy Medium Pace Anderson grabbed three for 60. So England end up declaring four down for 110. Zach Crowley made 53. Mohamed Abbas took two for 28. The match ended in the draw. The reality is, is that this match was a farce, basically. <laughs> so there was only 134 and a half overs bowled. So uh, for those playing at home, that's less than a day and a half's worth of overs that were bowled. And this was the shortest test in England since 1987 that did not include being fully washed out or multiple, like the whole thing basically yep. washed out. Uh, with most of the time being lost due to bad light. So, oh, does, wow. so it does raise the question that um, why the fuck do we spend so much fucking money putting these massive fucking light towers on these grounds if we can't just turn the cunts on and keep playing? Yeah, so, I agree with you. I agree. Like, I get there's a whole theory about red ball bar up. If, it's, if, you're pull, if they pull out their little meter and it's just a tick below, surely you can put on the lights to adapt and help boost the natural light that it's still able to be played test cricket on. Yes, Dave. Why don't we just play with the pink ball all the time? All then? the time. Yeah, and just have well, the Why don't we just change it to a pink ball? Every test match is play with a pink fucker ball. And then if you're running out of light, you could just pop a lights on and go, right, we'll have 10 minutes till they take over and then come back out and do whatever. Well, yeah. And if it's starting to get dark, fucking flick them on when they go in for their tea break at like yeah. 4.30. Yeah. And then come out and away you go and finish the last session with lights on if you have to. Yeah. Like, cause this, the third test, which we'll talk about as well, lost a lot of its play due to rain, which that's fucking life. Unless you're going to play indoors, you can't do much about this. But losing every day finished early or they lost days with a, due to bad light. Ridiculous. So, yes, there's, no evidence, there's no evidence to suggest that the pink ball does any more than the red ball 
in normal daylight hours, right? Like it's no. just a, it's just a normal ball until the lights take over and you get a bit of dew, and then it's. Isn't the to... whole idea? It's a bit like the white; it doesn't hold its color as well, or something. Oh, but yeah, yeah, potentially, maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Yes, Roscoe. Yep. So that's the interesting one about um, all those delays because there's a big thing in all the you know Sky commentators, NASA, and that all had you know their own things, mm. and like it's like it's just like everyone's sick of it. Like these blokes have played international cricket and they they hate it. They fucking hate yeah. it. But mm. nothing will change. It's super bizarre, absurd and bizarre. Um, the interesting thing was you know always the argument say oh you, you know after a rain delay we you don't go and play two hours you have to play for 45 minutes then we'll have a uh, lunch break at yeah, uh, one o'clock fuck and, it off yeah and people say oh it's because of the spectators and all this sort of stuff because of the caterers or that there are no fucking caterers there there's no fuck crowd no. and they still did it yeah what, the jam donut van can't keep up if it's everyone just plays all the way through sorry i'll go <laughs> No, 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 you're right. That's a very good point about Jam Donuts. I was going to make a point about <laughs> Bay fucking Marie's. There's yeah. Bay Marie's. They keep food warm for a period <laughs> yeah. of time. Uh, I always go back to now after I read this article. I think I shared it with you. Uh, it was a lot of listeners on the podcast once. was um, uh, someone who wrote for Crick Info I'd written, it's sort of surprising that we don't have days of test cricket that are 250 over blocks with a 40-minute break in the middle. Yeah. Wearing yeah. one-day cricket. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you always come back to and go, well, it's like <laughs> just impossible. We've had one day cricket with that structure of 100 overs in a day yeah. and um, a 40-minute break in the middle for since the late 70s. But mm. All day it's games never too. moved across to... You've got to have your tea yeah. and cucumber yeah. sandwiches though, right? Sorry, Mick, we took over. No, no, it's fine. Like, I've, that, it's just a fucking cheap It's just like you oh. can't lose... Yeah. And they, they wasn't just losing like a day; they were losing like nearly sessions. Is about yeah, yeah. like that's and that fucking bad light ridiculous. thing was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's why they seem like. And you know what? If you're Pakistan and you're on the fucking ropes and they offer you the light, of course you're gonna fucking yeah. Take oh, it. yeah. Like, but I'm not, I'm not bad hands, mouth in yeah. Pakistan for taking the light, or even if England no, everyone would the do light. that because yeah. everyone, Australian, Pakistan, England, whoever, everyone in that situation would take it. Might as well when I play park cricket and we'll get them flogged, you can see the rain coming and they go, What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm walking off, I'll walk up with a bat under my arm. <laughs> like, fuck, I'm not losing if I don't fucking have to. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, though, in international cricket, it's umpires only. Oh, now, it is, now. now it yeah. is. Yeah. They don't even let the batsman continue nah. to bat. They just said they want to. Yeah. Fucking gauge. You like one kick under the gauge. Yep, yeah, off we go. Yeah, 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 got, yeah. It's a player safety thing. Look, I, I, I don't. I think they need to be more flexible with leave lights on and stuff like that. If there's whatever rules before the series has been done, but yeah, okay. I've read an article have saying improved with the stuff. Sorry, Alex. They have improved okay, with um the player's seeming ability to play with lights, but it's still this like weird gray area that, you know, you can't, you can't, it's, yeah. got, it's like, it's, it must be a percentage of natural light or something mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just weird. And, but, and as but, you say, but, just play but, every right. test match with a pink ball. Yeah, exactly right. We've started yeah. playing day night test now. So that, that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That's bullshit. To the point, day night tests have gotten so fucking just part of the thing now that, the one of the teams that love pushing back against anything new, India's mm. going to play day not test when they come over here this year. So yeah. like, I'm sorry, like that, like so the cat's out of the bag now. Like if like they were the last team to take on DRS and they have it now, like they were one of the last teams to take on day not test and they're going to have started doing it now as well. It's just got to be just look into it, sort it out, and just stop and this bullshit. If, if the pink ball does deteriorate after quicker, well, why not just go new ball every seventy overs or sixty? Yeah, 60s? yeah. So just. Mm. There's got to be a way to fucking work it out anyway. That was hard. 
Eight millimeters of grass, Alex. But they still do like eighty overs now in day nine test matches, don't they? Before yeah. a new ball comes out, so uh, yeah. I understand what the difference is. It's just, yeah, just it's fucking... just different. It's like we're used to playing uncovered MCC pitches. MCC can fuck used off. Used to play on matting, you know. Yeah. Kings used to bowl nine time. ball overs. Used to That's bowl right. Ball overs. Yeah. We used to get a fucking boat to England. Now we can get a plane. <laughs> Shitty bowls. <laughs> Shuffleboard. <laughs> you used to wear boots up above your ankle with your bowl. Now it's not. Yeah. With nails just bang through the fucking. <laughs> 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 All right. Used to wear onions back. around your neck. That yeah. was the fashion of the time. <laughs> they don't anymore, do they? Yeah. All righty. So we've solved all the problems with bad light in international cricket. So from there we'll move on. From there we'll move on to the third test, which is also at the Age Bowl in Southampton. So this was five days removed from the shit show that was the second test, and uh, so Joe Root won the toss and elected to have a bat. So the highlight of the first innings was England 22-year-old number number three batsman, old mate Radical Zach Crowley, who made his debut test century. It was only his fourth first-class ton. And he would push on to make 267, becoming the youngest English player since David Gower to make a test double century. He's also the third youngest ever to make Bucky it for well. England. For England, he did that. Yes, well. Ross. Yep. So I'm not trying to catch you off me, but I you saw. Are. You put your hand up to ask to cut me off. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it politely though, Mick. His nickname is Creepy. I'm getting to that. Can you leave? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll just talk about his 267 then. Uh, Because it was obviously a daddy 100, because it's over 153. Mark was a daddy double. It was a double, double daddy. Daddy. And it was seven balls short of a quadruple Cowan, because he faced 393 (sighs) deliveries. He'd be most disappointed about that. I think he's, yeah, he's Devo. He missed the quadruple Cowan. He's in the club rooms after the man head in hand going, I could have done the quadruple Cowan. He couldn't put his head in his hands. Learn how to catch the thing. And I hope you don't want to talk about this, Mick, because there was a video going around from the end of day, the day's play after him and the other young bloke made a ton each. The other young bloke. That's, uh, why, that's why we're uh, number one, boys. That's, that's why we're number one. Is it, is it Lloyd Pope's brother who's playing over there at the minute? That mm. bloke. Yeah, him? Whatever. The ginger, yeah? yeah? So there's a video. Now, I know we've Alex has tried to talk about still pitches on the podcast and it didn't work, but it's okay. I can just uh, Can I recommend you stop right now? No. Okay. Right. Joe Root <laughs> is drinking some European beer. Not even drinking English beer. Some green the bottle. European. Yeah, well, they're not anymore. Not anymore yeah, than that. The European Union, right? He's drinking a beer at the end of day two or something. Yeah. Professional fucking athlete. Sack him. What are you doing? Sack him. Yeah, sack a him. lot. Uh, behind him, there's Joffre with his hood on. Yeah, <laughs> really Bit cold. <laughs> yeah, and then he, the camera pans around and he says, "Well done, Crawley." I won't say his nickname because Mick's mm. going to talk about that. On, on your tongue and well done, good stuff. And Crawley's sitting there. And then the bloke who also made it done, Ollie Pope's sitting there. And they're in there like, you know, the change rooms, like cubicle sort of things. <laughs> like yeah. And they're yeah. sitting there just normally, sort of on the outer edge of the um, cubicle. And then lo and behold, like a fucking poltergeist, there's, there's looks like it's Jack Sparrow with his hood on, with his arm over the shoulder of, of Ollie Pope. Just lurching there, just like he sidled in. He said, "Oh, sorry, sorry," and just you know got in behind him and put his stiffy up into him, and then put his arm over him and 
Rory Burns was like invading his personal space. None of you found this interesting. I found it fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Do you know okay. what? Can I, I say what we didn't find I watched that 30-second video right? about 15 times going, is this guy like really doing that? Is he really sitting there? He's like backed himself into the cubicle behind uh, him and then bro, sat the around him. Blokes, the bloke used to walk out and put his nuts on your shoulder. Like that shit in the locker room is not Ross. fucking surprising, mate. Ross, oh, I thought we, it was weird. We've played, <laughs> we've played cricket the last 15 years. Yeah, like, this is this is the way the game's gone, mate. You've yeah, been out the game for too long, mate. You've been out the game for too long. Big because big cricket the, boomer energy over here from Roscoe. The, the club we played at was so progressive; it didn't have change rooms. So, yeah. I don't know what was Get it like. Get your cock out the fucking club rooms. <laughs> so I was oh, having a drink at the bar and ten up. blokes I'll have a dimbo there. while I'm getting changed. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the back oh, yeah. of ten blokes nuts as they bend over to grab their shorts. Uh, look, yeah, there's a weird guy, Ross. Like, it's, I just thought it's a I weird thought thing for a weird guy. There's a lot of us on this podcast are on to Rory Burns being a real weird ass, and I yeah. pointed this out, and no one said jack about it. I was just surprised because I found I've it seen really weird. Young kids, but it's do like that. saying the sky's blue. It's like saying <laughs> the sky's blue, Roscoe. Rory Burns. To me, it was confirmation. Yeah. I just thought he was weird. Now I know he is. Oh, right, right. Nick, good science. Good science. All right, so back to Zach Crowley's inning. So um, it was also the, it was also the tenth highest individual score for England. So um, he, he also shared a 359 run fifth wicket partnership with the servant Josh Butler, who made 152. He uh, smashed the previous English record of 254 by Tony Gregg and Keith Fletcher for a fifth wicket stand. Mm. So England would, would be clear yeah. eight down for 583. Fuck knows the last time they made that many runs. Yeah. Um, Shaheen Afridi got the Mick Lewis two for taking two for 121. So Pakistan will be bowled out for 273 in their first innings. Azhar Ali would make 141, but it wasn't enough as England enforced the follow-on. Jimmy Anderson was the pick of the bowlers, taking his 22nd, the fifth uh, five for at home, taking five for 56. Lucky for him, test cricket. Uh, lucky for him, this test was played in England, so he could actually be effective. Uh, the Pakistan second innings, like most of the, the second test, was affected by weather. As a large chunk of the final two days of this test match were lost to rain. Pakistan would be four for one eighty-seven when the match was ruled a draw, and England would win the series one 0 So back to Zach Crawley. He was named man of the match, and as Ross mentioned, after the first day of play, social media was treated to a video of Joe Root congratulating Creepy Crawley on making his debut <laughs> time. I would like to think this nickname, his nickname is Creepy because he, he's a creepy-looking fucker who looks like he's found <laughs> up a tree playing with himself. But unfortunately, right. I think it's more along the lines of the fact that creepy crawly is another phrase for people used for bugs or insects. Because <laughs> he looks like a praying mantis. Yeah. Man oh. of the series was Joss Butler and um, old mate Muhammad Rizan. Was, uh, they shared the man of the series. Yes, David. Mick, you left us a little bit open then when you said the last time the Poms made 500, when was the last time that happened? I'm getting in before you Pommy listeners fucking <laughs> flood our inbox by saying, the last time we made 500 was against you Aussie pricks at a one-day game. Yeah, all right, you made 480, <laughs> world record. Shut the fuck up. We're sick of hearing about it. <laughs> Sorry, Mick, keep going. It's not 500. Unless it's 500, yeah, you fuck off. No, short, you pricks. Yeah. This isn't one of Ross's 11s where you just put in people <laughs> who don't qualify, left, right, and centre. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Mick. Uh, <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, so in the end, yeah, like I said, the series would end up being one all based on England winning the first test. The last, the second two tests were basically fucking garbage. Ruined by, ruined by English yeah. weather. Why and, bother? Um, the, the very last day was basically a beautiful fucking sunny day, but the rest of the tests have been ruined by then. So, um, yeah, so it's from there. Trend. Yeah, so the next thing happening in the UK, I think they're playing the Pakistanis in some yeah, T20s. Yeah. And then um, they sidle up to take on the great juggernaut of the Australian one day. Oh, in uh, an unbelievable cricket team. team. Yeah. So and that, that juggernaut is currently um, having an inter-club match. It's going to be a bit of mate versus mate action. <laughs> is there ever? Where we, see the, um, where we see the captain and the vice-captain have stood everyone up against the wall and picked their sides. That's it. David has those sides in front of us. So let's have yep. a quick look at that. You're spot on, Michael. Finch XI is playing the Cummins XI. Um, <laughs> and I'll just read through the teams. Uh, Finch I. XI is Aaron Finch captain, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Uh, David Warner. Uh, the flying lasagna batting at three for the Finch XI. Mitchell Marsh at four, which is interesting. Ooh. Josh Philippe at five, a really nice uh, wicketkeeper. Daniel Sams at six. Mitchell Stark yes, yes. at seven. Uh, Andrew Ty, Nathan Lyon, Gins just chubbed up. Riley Meredith with his stupid fucking mustache. And the, the player I'm really looking forward to in this team, uh, Michael, is uh, local player TBC. So I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, Interesting at, last name. Is that like am, uh, Eastern European or something? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Euro block. I'm looking to see what he's got. Uh, the Cummins excise, Matthew Wade, Marcus Stornis open the batting. Um, uh, Stephen Smith. Fuck. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, four. Alice Carey at five. So I think the wicket keeping um, position has moved from seven to five, judging by these yeah, teams. Uh, like straight breaks, Agar is at six. Uh, pretty high. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hopefully, Sean Abbott kills him at seven. Uh, <laughs> Pat Cummins, parentheses, C, close parentheses. Uh, Kane Richardson, Adam Zampa, and Noni Hazelwood at 11 for the mate versus mate intra squad team. So, this does... Why didn't they take 22? That's a, that was what I was about to say. This shows the floor <laughs> in not taking 22 people. <laughs> hey, that, They've got so 22. They've why, got 22. Local player TBC. How can TBC, local player TBC enter the bubble if he lives in England? Surely that's not part yeah. of the thing. Maybe it's Sam Curran is already put, in the bubble. Why someone's <laughs> putting a chair there? Yeah, a bat pad. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, Langer. Maybe. Oh, what Maybe. I'm looking forward to is just a bit of cricket with blokes wearing the Australian colours. So mm. I don't yeah. care if it is an intra club or you know, the T20s or four one T20. Days. Sorry, Ross, games. you cut me off. That's fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> So judging by your fingers, they look like about three and a half, Ross. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> there's, there's three and then like a mangled maggot or something. I don't know. Like it's, it's Go on, Aaron Ross. Finch, they're playing four T20 warm-up games and a 50-over warm-up game. That's a seven-game series, so that's To be fair, they haven't played cricket since the Chapel Hadley was called off in... Late December, early yeah, that's January, true. was it? Or mm, Feb? Yeah. Like, it's been a while since they've had a hit and been Could allowed to have a hit, the Victorian. Corridor course. cricket? That was allowed? <laughs> I think they're allowed to Rolled do time newspaper and a sock. State, state, um, state uh, training was on yeah. in some states, I think. Oh, I think it was because Dennis Rodman dropped in at one of the state trainings. <laughs> oh, control this, Mick. All righty. <laughs> so, um, the quiz will get held over once again because we've gone past the hour yeah, mark, so that'll... 
I'm it's glad we got rid of the quiz to have Bendigo League. It's just going to sit in the wings, this quiz, and <laughs> wait, wait, it's time. Yeah, so, the quiz um, is bad content. Bendigo is good content, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So to everyone, who, to everyone who made it right to the end of this fucking shemozzle, this is us signing off. So uh, thanks to our sponsors, the Frederick Harold Sock Company. Uh, hit them up for all your sock-wearing needs. Uh, follow them on Twitter. They've got, a, they've got some footy socks at the moment. They've got a cricket sock. They've got a whole heap of different socks. So Father's Day is coming. Go. So fucking get in and get your socks for your dad for Father's Day. you got a point on Ross, report, Do you have Mick? a final thought, Ross? Just a final thought before we go from me. Uh, if you need any big lugs, try out Big Lug Enterprises. They've got all your big lug <laughs> needs covered. <laughs> Uh, and with that note, I'd like to say thank you from Tight Shit Productions. All right. <laughs> so, um, that'll do us for this week. Thanks for listening. See you later. See you, boys. Cheers, Cheers,